Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa
وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters we continue in this blessed month of al-Rabi'ul-Awwal the month of the first spring in the lunar calendar taking advantage of this moment in time to remember the birth and the life and the beauties and qualities of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to remind ourselves of our connection with him. Last week we said that loving the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and being attached to him and thinking about him and yearning to be in his company in paradise and learning about him and thinking about him in his form and character we said that none of those things constitute an extracurricular kind of Islam a kind of side interest reserved for some people no we said that this is the very core of faith itself Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses this issue in the Holy Qur'an. And in one particular verse, Allah tells His beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say something to all of us, telling him, Qul. Whenever you hear Qul in the Qur'an, you know Allah is addressing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, telling him to relay something to us. And so Allah Ta'ala reveals, قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ وَأَمْوَالٌ اِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا وَمَسَاكِنُ تَرْضَوْنَهَا أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَجِهَادٍ فِي سَبِيلِ فَتَرَبَّصُوا فَتَر Allah says to his beloved Prophet Muhammad وسلم, Say, if your fathers, your sons, your brothers, your mates, or your kindred, or the wealth that you have gained, or the commerce in which you fear decline, or the dwellings in which you take delight, if these things are dearer to you than Allah and His Messenger and striving in His cause, then wait until Allah brings about His decision. Indeed, Allah does not guide the corrupt people. This is a very explicit text, a nas, in the Qur'an telling us that Allah and his messenger, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, have to be dearer to us than literally everything in the world, including ourselves, our wealth, our children, our parents, and everything else. This is a very powerful verse, and it's also a very scary verse. And we have to ask ourselves, where are we? Where are we in relation to this verse? To answer that question, we have to be brutally honest with ourselves to see how we measure up to this very high standard mentioned in the Qur'an. 
We have to be honest with ourselves and assess our hearts. And if we find that our love is lacking or weak or deficient, we have to take steps to address it. That requires honesty. It requires realness. We cannot be hide behind slogans. We cannot hide behind pious pretensions or claims. We have to be honest with ourselves. And we have a very beautiful example of this kind of honesty in a hadith from Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu. Umar radiallahu anhu is known out of all of the Sahaba as being perhaps one of the bravest and the strongest. And also the most, the most forthright. The one who was always ready to say exactly what is on his mind and heart. And he was not one to mince words. He was not one to play word games and niceties. He would always say things as they are. He was very honest with himself and with others. And we have in this hadith, he tells the story about how he was in the company of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, And he said to him, O Messenger of Allah, by Allah, I love you more than anyone else except myself. Except myself. He was very honest. I love you more than anyone else except myself. Did he meet the standard? At that time, he had yet to meet that standard. And the Prophet Muhammad looks upon him with his care and concern and speaks the truth and says, you will not truly believe, you will not have the perfection of faith until I am more beloved to you than even your own self. Now after that, Umar bin Khattab didn't just immediately spurt out, oh yeah, okay, okay then, I love you more than even myself. He actually waited a few moments. There was a, what we call a pregnant silence. Neither of them were speaking for a moment or two. And finally, after some time had elapsed, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu says, now, I love you more than everything else and anything else. Even I love you more than myself now. What was going on in those moments of pregnant silence? What was going on in his heart? He was being honest with himself and reassessing. And then at that moment, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, confirming him, Al-ana ya Umar, Al-ana ya Umar. Now, O Umar, now, Meaning now you have attained the perfection in faith required of the believer. We see here the sincerity of Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu anhu. He never minced his words or expressed what was not in his heart. There was complete congruence between what was inside of him and what he said on his tongue. How many people today, if asked about their love for the Prophet sallallahu would say, without giving it a second thought, of course, I love him more than myself, even if they're being dishonest. But Umar was honest with himself, and we have to be honest with ourselves. That is the great lesson this hadith teaches us, to be real with ourselves, to assess and see where we are, and if we fall short. Dear brothers and sisters, if we want this, 
if we seek this love and connection to our beloved Prophet وسلم, we need to know what that love looks like. If a Muslim does not feel love, or if he or she feels insufficient love for the Prophet وسلم, this indicates that he or she has not truly perceived or properly understood the beauty and excellence of the Prophet's character or the perfections of his virtues. This dryness, this jafa, this qillatu mubalat, this indifference to love for the Prophet and connection to him indicates that a person doesn't really understand the significance and meaning and value of good character in general. So if you, dear, brother, bro, dear brothers and sisters, want to know where you stand and where is your Iman right now, then understand that love for Allah and love for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, are the great barometers and measures of that. Love for Allah and His Messenger is the miqyas, it is the measure, the barometer of where you are in your religion. The Prophet ﷺ told us, whoever has three qualities will have tasted halawatul iman, the sweetness of faith. If you have these three qualities, you have tasted it. Number one, he said, the one to whom Allah and His Messenger are dearer than anything else. Number two, he said, the one who loves a person only for the sake of God. And number three, the one who hates to revert to kufr, to disbelief, just as he hates to be thrown into a fire. These three things are the signs that a person has truly tasted the sweetness of Iman. Dear brothers and sisters, this love that we speak of for the Prophet ﷺ is central to Iman. Imam Ahmad records a hadith from Abu Umama al-Bahiri radiallahu anhu. He says, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam one day took me by the hand and he said, O oh Abu Umama, there are believers whose hearts are softened for me. Hearts that are softened for him, such that they are greatly attached and in great love for the Prophet sallallahu May Allah make our hearts softened to that mahabba and attachment. Ameen. Dear brothers and sisters, when you venerate the Prophet sallallahu it reflects the depth of understanding that you have in your own soul. And it reflects the state of iman you have in Allah. When you honor the Prophet with your words and with your actions and with your character and with your heart, that reflects not just your love for him, but all of the goodness that he has and all of the goodness that he gave you and humanity. And when you revere the Prophet you will more strongly revere what he has said. And when you revere what he has said, that means you revere his commands. You revere his awamir, what he has told you to do. And you revere 
his prohibitions, his nawahi, what he's told you to stay away from. So the more you revere him, the more you revere his words. The more you revere his words, the better you will be at fulfilling the divine commands and turning away from the prohibitions, the nawahi. And this will eventually reflect the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is al-barr, the source of all goodness. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in the hadith that we were reflecting on last week, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَالِدِهِ وَوَلَدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ He says that none of you will truly have iman, none of you will have the perfection of faith, and so I am more beloved to him than his father, his child, and all of humanity. We were reflecting on this hadith last week, and we want to reflect on it a little more by looking at the significance of what he said and why he mentioned three groups. Why did he mention his love being greater, the love we should have for him being greater than the love one has for their parents, their children, and the rest of humanity? Why does he mention these three groups? And when we look at the words of one of our great Imams, Imam Al-Qastalani, Rahimahullah mentions in Al-Mawahib Al-Ladunniya that love can be in veneration, ta'zeem, and honoring, tawqeer, mm -hmm. such as the love a child has for his parents, the love a child has for his father. How does a child love his father, the father figure, the authority figure in his life? It is a love of respect, a love of reverence, it is a love of honoring. And when you look at the love of a, of a parent for his child, he says this is a love of affection, ta'atuf. And when you look at the love a person may have for humanity and goodness for humanity, this is a love that comes from a place of ihsan, of moral excellence, of desiring good for everyone. <coughs> So Imam al-Qastadani mentions these three types of love mentioned in the hadith and says that here the Prophet ﷺ unites all categories of love and says that love for him must be greater. So your love for him must be greater than the love a child has for his father. So it has to be with reverence, with respect, with honor and veneration. It has to be greater than the love a parent has for his child. So it has to be a heartfelt affection as well. And it has to be greater than the love one has for humanity, which means one has to look after the honor of that person and want good for them and everything that they loved and everything that they told us to honor and revere. This love is a very deep thing, dear brothers and sisters. Our love for Him must literally be greater and purer than the love we have for ourselves, our children, our fathers, our mothers, our families, and all of our wealth. It is a very high and lofty thing. And this may sound strange to the modern mind that only knows itself and everything else in the world in relation to itself and its ego. The, the materialist mind, the individualist mind. This may be strange to modern ears, 
But this is not a strange thing to a person who has Iman, who has deep belief and conviction in these immutable truths. We have the words of one of the great Imams of the early generations, Imam Sahal ibn Abdullah at Tustari, Rahimahullah. He says, if someone does not think that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is his Sayyid, meaning his leader, if someone does not think that he is his leader in all matters, or thinks that he does not fall under his jurisdiction, that person does not taste the sweetness of the Sunnah, the sweetness of the prophetic way. Because the Prophet has said, none of you will truly believe until I am dearer to him than himself. So here we talk about veneration, love as veneration, love as honor, love as respect and affection and so on and so forth. But what really is the essence of having love for the Messenger of Allah What does it mean? The reality is, dear brothers and sisters, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to define love. It is almost impossible. Nay, we can say it is impossible to give an actual definition, a had or ta'arif for love. Because the scholars of logic mentioned that a complete definition has to define a thing according to its essence. However, that's not really possible with regard to love. So whenever we hear definitions of love, all we're really hearing are the results of love, what happens as a result of loving someone. We hear the effects of love, what happens to the person with that love. Or we hear about the lawazim, the implications of love. Meaning if you have this love, then you will also have this and this and that. That's the reality when we talk about defining love. You can't really define it. You have to taste it. You have to experience it. Compare love in this case to something like honey. You have honey and you can describe the source of honey, where it comes from. You can talk about the chemical makeup of honey and how it is produced. You can talk about the various effects of honey on the human body. And generally you can say that honey is sweet. But you cannot describe the taste of honey beyond these general words. If a person has never tasted honey in their life, these words will not impart the reality of the sweetness of honey. They're just words. The reality of that taste of honey will only be experienced when a person tastes it. Only by tasting it themselves will they fully understand the nature of the sweetness of honey. And the same is said with regards to love. And that is generally speaking. But we're speaking here particularly about love for the Prophet Muhammad And I want to share with you, dear brothers and sisters, something that I believe is the essence of the essence of the message of today's khutbah. That if you were dozing off or losing attention from the beginning until now, you'll still be okay as long as you pick up on this point. The essence, the love that a Muslim must have for the Prophet is a love for his essence. Hubbud that. 
to love him for who he is, the essence, and that's Muhammadiyah. Because people, they do love the Sunnah. They love the actions of the Prophet Sallallahu They love the character of the Prophet Sallallahu And his care and concern for us and what he's done for us as a community, as they should. But there's something even deeper and purer and more sincere than love for those reasons. And that is loving him for his essence. If you look at how the companions were, they didn't just love the Prophet ﷺ for what he gave them. They loved him for who he is. That is not the love that they had for him. They loved his essence. We look at the love that Al-Hajr al-Aswad, the black stone, had for the Prophet ﷺ. It was that kind of love, with that. The love of Al-Nakhla, the date palm trunk that it had for the Prophet ﷺ, or the love of Jabal Uhud that it had for the Prophet ﷺ. It was not a love they had for anything that they directly benefited from. It was love of who he is وسلم, as Habibullah, as the beloved of God. So they did not just love him for what he did for them, they loved him for who he is. Because that is the essence that Allah loves. Allah loves the Prophet وسلم, and he loves all of the Anbiya, all of the Prophets and Messengers. So they love him for who he is. Allah created the souls before he created the bodies and the actions of those bodies. So the actions and the character qualities are coming from the essence of the person. So we love the essence and everything that comes from that person's essence. That is the highest form of love. That is the most sublime and purest form of love in the most sincere form. We love him for his statements and his actions and his character and all that he has given us. But we love what connects, that is because those things connect us to his essence Dear brothers and sisters, we have to be real with ourselves. We have to be true and honest. Where are we in relation to this kind of love? Where are we in light of these meanings? Where is our love? Where is our reverence, our honor? Where is our longing? Where is our attachment? And the feelings of love for the essence of he who is the praiseworthy one, Muhammad, Ahmed, Mahmoud, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. May Allah make us truthful like Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, truthful with ourselves and give us this love and cause us to die with this love in our hearts and resurrect us with it. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa afturu salati wa atam taslimi ala Sayyidina Muhammadin al-Sadiq al-Ameen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man istanna bi sunnatihi ila yawm al-Deen wa ba'd Dear brothers and sisters, loving the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not just a mere intellectual affirmation of his message that gets translated into outward submission to his commands it is much deeper than that. It is also reflected in intimate feelings and into a powerful heart-centered attachment that brings joy to the soul. To know Him is to love Him. To feel awe and reverence when He is mentioned 
is to love Him. To yearn to be in His company in paradise is to love Him. To sacrifice our wants and our preferences and desires for what He wants for us is to love Him. And to be drawn to hearing about Him and His qualities and His life and His character, that is to love Him. To think about Him and to bring His majestic form into our hearts and minds as we reflect on His beauty, that is to love Him. And to obey Him out of attachment is to love Him. So what are the means of growing in one's love for the Messenger of Allah Wasallam. How do we get to the door so that we can receive that gift of loving the Prophet Wasallam? To know him is to love him. How can a person love an unknown person about whom they are utterly ignorant? If the Prophet Wasallam is seen as a distant historical figure, and not much is known about him, how can one love that individual? That means one has to make a real commitment to actually know who the Prophet is, not was, is. And that means learning his life story, learning his seerah, learning his shema'il, what he looked like, his character form, his forms, his physical form, his character, his lifestyle, and everything about him. It means to know about how he carried himself, how he interacted with people, his demeanor, how he spoke, how he slept, how he walked, how he was with his care and concern, how he was with those who loved him, how he was with his foes. That's what we have to know. And that is a way of growing in love for him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A corollary of knowing him is also to think about him, not just pursuing it intellectually, but also thinking and reflecting and deriving lessons that instill us and inspire us with hope and attachment. You see, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ would often speak about their beloved ﷺ after his passing. They would converse with one another, they would recollect and recall all of the days and the experiences, and they transmitted that to us. There are dozens upon dozens of narrations where a companion is telling us something that the Prophet ﷺ did or said, and as they relate it, they say, It's as if I'm looking at him right now. This is istihbar. They would bring to mind his form, imagining that experience that they had with him those years before. That's how they were, and that's how we have to be. So that when we hear the story, when we read it, or when we hear it, we engage with it and imagine it and think about it, so that that form is etched into our hearts, and we have attachment to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And lastly, a means of growing in one's love is to send lots of salawat upon him. And this is a part of mentioning him, but it's in the form of dua, asking Allah to bless him and to continually increase him in closeness to the Divine Presence. In conclusion, dear brothers and sisters, if we are making an effort to learn about Rasulullah if we are making an effort to think about him and speak about him, and if we are making an effort to send salawat upon him, we are pursuing the means of love. And if we continue to do those things while also removing the obstacles to love, 
we are pursuing the means of love. So if we're taking all of those means and pursuing it, what then are some of the signs that love is taking root in the heart? How will you know if it's taking root? The ulama mention a number of signs for loving the Prophet I will suffice with just three, briefly. Number one is the desire to see the Prophet and have his companionship in the gardens of Jannah. And to feel that losing that companionship in Jannah would be the greatest loss a person could suffer. That is a sign of love. Another sign that love is taking root in the heart is a feeling of being prepared or getting there, of being prepared to spend on oneself from one's wealth and everything upon the Prophet ﷺ in the sense of wanting to sacrifice those things in the chance of being among the beloved of Allah's Messenger this is one of the signs that love is taking root in the, in the heart. That you're willing to spend your time, that most precious asset you have, to spend your wealth and to spend your energies learning and growing and practicing what He gave you and sacrificing so that you can be among those who are in close company with Him in Jannah. One of the ulama, the living ulama of today's time, compose some poetry expressing this emotion and he says very beautifully he says where are the lovers who find ease in sacrificing their souls in every precious thing for their beloved and lastly dear brothers and sisters a sign of loving the Prophet and his love taking root is that you comply with his commands. You obey him, and that you stay away from what he forbade. As Allah tells him to say, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Say, if you love Allah, follow me. Allah will love you and forgive your sins. Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Loving the Prophet ﷺ, working towards it, seeking it, that is the means of entering Jannah. Sayyiduna Anas radiallahu anhu tells us that one time a Bedouin man came to the masjid. And a Bedouin man here, he's a very simple person. He doesn't live in Medina necessarily. He goes into the masjid and he asks the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, mata sa'ah? When is the last hour? When is the day of judgment going to happen? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asks him a question, Mada a'adatta laha? What have you done to prepare for the last day? And this individual says, Wallahi ya Rasulullah, ma'adatu laha bi kathirin min salatin wa la siyam. By Allah, I haven't prepared much by way of fasting and lots of prayer. Walakinni uhibbu Allah wa rasoolah. However, I love Allah and His Messenger. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not discourage him. He didn't tell him to go away. He didn't say, you are a fake in your claim. He said, You are with the one you love. And may Allah make us with the one we love. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us that love. Oh Allah, we ask you to grant us your love. 
and the love of those whom you love. And we ask you to remove from us everything that distances us from your love and the love of your beloved Prophet Sallallahu Oh Allah, we stand before you in utter neediness and acknowledge our inability. And we ask you to grant us futuhat, openings, and repentance, and mercy, and deep love for you and what you love. And there is indeed no one and nothing more beloved to you than your Prophet Sallallahu O oh Allah, allow us to live according to this love and to die according to this love and resurrect us in the company of your beloved under the banner of praise, liwa hamd and allow him to intercede for us on the last day and give us, Ya Allah, a drink from the hawd directly from his blessed hands, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, shurbatan hani'a la natma'u ba'daha abada a drink after which we suffer no thirst whatsoever. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Allahumma habibna ila habibika sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma habibna ila habibika sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba aman yuqarribuna ila hubbika wa ila hubbi rasulika sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.